Let's talk about us. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About Us with Uche, a platform that I've created for myself in order to spread knowledge and awareness. Um, today, I'm going to be talking about Black America versus Africans. And uh, today, I have my good friend Trey, who is a Black American that currently lives here in Texas. And I'm going to be interviewing him in order to find out about some of the disparities, some known or unspoken disparities between Black Americans versus Africans. Um, Trey's a really good friend of mine that I've known for a while who has helped me foster growth, not just physically, but also mentally as well as spiritually. So, um, Trey, can you please give us a quick introduction of yourself? Hey, well, uh, my name is Darius Wilson, but uh, my friends call me Trey. Uh, I'm just a regular guy. Uh, I'm a former teacher. Uh, I taught in a, a school system for about uh, six years, and I'm actually embarking on a new career in nursing. So that has definitely been a journey for me, and I thank you, Benjamin, for uh, helping me to uh, kind of get on the right path with that. And, um, yeah, I'm just a simple kind of guy. You know, I'm country guy down to earth, so, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much, Trey, for being here with me today. No problem. Um, so, like I mentioned in the intro, this topic to me is, is really important because as a black person from Africa and um, legally an American citizen, you know, I'm, I'm considered a black American. But even though I like to represent my heritage as a Nigerian American, um, a lot gets lost in translation, you know, because of the way I look. You know, I'm very proud of my heritage and I'm sure you are as well. But I do want to shed some light on some of the disparities that people like me face um, with people like you. You know, there's not yeah. supposed to be any difference, you know, per se. But right. at the end of the day, um, we have different histories and stuff like that. So I do want to start by saying um, or asking you rather, um, how do you feel as a black American in, in America? How do you feel in general? In general, I mean, it's just it's all that I've known. So, I mean, you know, it's not like I've immigrated. You know, I was born in, and raised here as a black American in America. Um, we use the term African-American, you know, on job applications and on different different boxes that we have to check. But honestly, um, there is no African heritage there. It's just the black American experience. So uh, it's just something that's interesting. It's I don't really know how to say I don't know how to answer that question because it's something that I've always I've always known. So you don't you don't you can't necessarily miss what you've never had. Uh, Does that see, make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you feel yes on paper African American, but then you don't feel that there's the African is very it's absurd to you. Like you don't feel African at all. I'm not gonna say I don't feel African at all because um, that <clears throat> blackness is still there. Yes, um, and I know that um, I know that my my ancestors and my heritage is somewhere in Africa, but I'm just so far removed from it mm -hmm. um, to where it's just you know we just kind of blend into this culture and to <clears throat> these systems and trying to assimilate to the to the majority culture. Mm. Do so. you do you feel? robbed of your heritage as a person whose ancestors came from Africa and um obviously coming from Africa you're not you're not um acquainted 
or you know like at times yes um i didn't really feel robbed per se until i actually got into college and i started you know reading some of the writings of uh, marcus garvey and uh, langston hughes and some of those with the stolen legacy all of those different things when i started to learn those things and um the significance and the importance of black history not just the civil rights movement but even beyond like the ancient egyptians and some of the hermetic principles and things of that nature and it's just like, wow. So you mean to tell me that ancient Egyptians and ancient Africans were actually mathematicians and engineers mm-hmm. and they were kings and they were queens and mm-hmm. we were stolen okay. from our our land and then brought here to America to be enslaved. Mm-hmm. So that I didn't really get a grasp for that until I was in college and I was just like, wow, okay. Okay. Yeah. So as a black man in America, do you feel like you're you're fully part of the American society? Like, do no. You, do you feel 100% American? No. Of course not. Do you think you would have felt more African if your ancestors never left African Africa? Do you? I think- mean, of course, because again, it's you, you, you never miss what you never had. So it's just that's the thing. So the fact that you know I was born here in America, I mean, that's that. But I mean, if if enslavement and if Europeans had never went over to Africa to steal our people, then I would have never known this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So that that's the thing. You know, it's just if I would have been born and raised there i would have been happily and you know happy in my heritage there but now that i'm in america it's just you know you've fall into mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah uh, do you mind shedding some light as to some of the challenges that you or black americans in general face here in america some of the challenges that i have had um i haven't had many and it's because I was taught with the mindset of racism. And I, let me explain. So growing up in Louisiana, you know, small town guy, you know, I had my uncles to tell me, hey, don't date black women. I mean, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase myself. Not, not black women. Don't date white women. Because uh, when their fathers find out that you're dating, oh, they'll accuse you of rape and you'll go to jail. Mm-hmm. Or the conversation of... Um, Oh, when you get pulled over by the police officer, make sure that your hands are visible. Make sure that you're not reaching for anything, even before the Trayvon Martins and the the Philando Castiles and all these different men that have been gunned down. These are things that have been going on in America with black men for decades, the discrimination and things like that. So I did not face any hardship because it was front loaded. It was taught Uh, to me beforehand. So therefore, when you go into a certain room with certain people, this is the way that you walk. This is the way that you wear your clothes. This is the way that you speak. When you you have to make sure that you're educated. You you know, like I said, I'm a former teacher. I have my bachelor's and my master's degree in education. I was actually in the process of starting a Ph.D. program in education and moving down the principal path. Uh Um, and then I just decided that education was not for me, but that's a whole nother story. But that level of education, I was always taught that you have to be 10 times better than in order to be equal to the quote unquote white man. So I never really, I face discrimination here and there, but it's not as often as other black men Mm -hmm. because I was raised with the foundation and the, and the forefront and the, the front loading of that information. Okay. So would you say that, um, who taught you this this who brought this idea of racism or racial equality would you say it was your the black community that you you were raised in yeah. or it was uh, the white community or the general american community um i it's, it's, i would society. say it was it was a little bit of both um with the white community it was from experience okay. it was from kind of finding out from experience uh once I was kind of maybe like 15, 16 years old, and I would go into certain stores and being followed. And, oh, hey, sir, do you need any help? No. Mm-hmm. And then five minutes, like, oh, well, did you need any help? No. Oh, okay. did you? So it's just different things like that. Or um, even going into a store, I remember the first week that I moved here to Houston, I was actually in a store in Katy. And um, I was buying some supplies from my classroom, and a lady looked at me. She said, oh, 
you must know a teacher or your mother must be a teacher or something like that. And I was like, no, I'm a teacher. She was like, what? The look on her face and the level of surprise. She was just like, oh, my goodness. I was like, yeah. She said, what do you teach? And I was like, English. Oh, my. Really? I was like, yeah, I teach AP English. And I, you know, and I was just explaining to her, you know, my career and just the different accolades and the different things that I had achieved as a teacher. And uh, she was like, oh, my goodness. Uh. And then after that, I called my mom. I was like. So is it that hard to believe? Is it that hard to believe that a black man is that educated and that successful and and can can blend in to corporate America into these systems that were created by the colonizers, quote unquote? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it, it was just really interesting. So it was, a, it was a shocker to this person. That of course. A black person is actually going against the grain and being yeah. educated and applied them. And I and my cousins, uh, she actually has a master's in her bachelor's degree in social work, and I have another cousin with a bachelor's and master's degree in education. And just when they're in certain rooms and they're in certain environments, it's just the the these other people. They're they're count our counterparts. They just cannot believe. They're just so intrigued that a, that a person of African American descent or a person of mm-hmm. African descent, black descent, is just so accomplished. And it's just like, well, why? Mm. Okay. Why? So, um, I, I've talked about how black people in America are often treated as the other. Yeah. You know, um, in America, do you think it goes both ways? Um, like while America is thinking of black people as the other, do you think black people are also thinking of non-black people as the others as well? Like, so sort of like a us against them type of situation. I think so. I think that. Uh... I, I, from my experience and from the people that I know and, and people in my life, I know for sure that um, black people are not discriminated against other races, other okay. minorities. So it's not black against Asian, black against Hispanic. I don't. I, from the people that I know, it's not anything like that. I believe that is is in America. It's a dynamic of people of color against them, which you know. It's, it's warranted because look at all of the things that you've done. You come into this land and you've taken from the, the Native Americans that were already here and then brought mm-hmm. somebody. We know the story. You know, there's no use in going down that path. We know what happened. We know what took place. And it's so many cultures, so many minorities, including African-Americans, that I believe more so African-Americans are dealing with the, the consequences hundreds and hundreds of years later. Mm. Still in our families and in our culture. and Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so do you feel like because of the unspoken discrimination or not, not just discrimination, but like the unspoken um, inferiority, superiority complex between the races in America. Do you think that that has had some type of negative impact on blackness in America? And what I mean by that is because white America expects you to not be as uh, prosperous. Um, they don't, there's, there's, there's still this um, unspoken, you know, we're better than you or you're not good enough or you have to work twice as hard. Do you think that that has discouraged a lot of black Americans from maximizing their full potentials? I think that it has to a certain extent. And, and, and real quick, not to cut you off, you know, because I, I, I remember learning about the glass ceiling that a lot yeah. of black Americans are have been told exists, you know, so you dare not past that glass ceiling because it's sort of like a, an unspoken taboo yeah like no one is forcing you to not but then at the same time too systematic racism is bringing you down and preventing you from getting past that so what i'm asking is for a lot of black americans that grew up in this country and that has been instilled in, in them not just by their parents you know their ancestors but also the american society as a whole do you think that that is discouraging for them to pursue their full potential yes it is 
But at the same time, I think that um, it's very discouraging because, again, you know, racism is not what it looks like. 10 20 30 40 50 years ago mm-hmm, racism is a it's a it's an evolving thing so with with it now with racism now is systemic it is in laws and it's okay. in policies it's not the picket fence and it's not the jim crow laws and it's not the water hoses and it's not the march on washington mm-hmm. it is is systemic when you go into certain systems there are certain policies that are set up to discriminate not only against black people mm-hmm. but people of color as a whole of so my my thing on it, and I think it's really big on your background and how you were raised, and I'm just lucky and fortunate enough to come from a family of people who were educated and people who sought and who wanted education. Um, you know that racism is there. You know the systemic racism. You know that these odds are against you, but we cannot blame the other anymore. We know that these things are here, so now what are you going to do about it? Mm. Are you going to go out and get the education so therefore when you go and you set up in this room and you come up in this room amongst these people, there are no excuses? What, what, you know, you have to work twice, three times, sometimes even ten times as hard to be able to defeat those odds. Is it right? No. Is it fair? No. But it's the world that we live in. And as a minority, you have to bring your A game every single time yeah yeah of course i I do think everyone should bring their a game uh, in every um, situation they find themselves in but what i'm saying is because black americans this is all they've known yeah you know what i mean so when you're used to being in a system in a society that marginalized you and continues to marginalize you and basically tell you that you are not the standard that could mess up your um your mental health self-worth and even spirituality yeah um so Basically, what I'm asking is, do you think that that has impacted a lot of um, that, like the outcome, collective outcome of black American prosperity in America? As in, because you know that the system is against you, you don't really you figure why, why try anyway? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, so it, it's going, it's tilted against my favor anyway. So why, why? It why has an I? effect. It definitely does have an effect. And some people do come forth with that defeatist attitude, but that comes from person to person. Because again, like I said, you know that these things are out here to get you, but what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Are you going to sit here and wallow in self-pity? <clears throat> are you going to sit? And that, that's just something that varies from person to person. Mm-hmm. There are systems and there are cycles. There are cycles of violence. There are cycles of abuse. There are cycles of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, people come from abusive homes and then they grow up to abuse their children and their wives and their mm-hmm. husbands and all of that mm-hmm. and then they grow up to but somebody has to break the cycle okay so there are cycles all around us whether they are physical mental emotional financial career whatever we all have our obstacles in life but it has to end with somebody mm. it has to end with somebody so we know that these obstacles are out there but again, what are you going to do? It's easy to sit up here and it, it's hard. And I mm-hmm. faced discrimination actually when I was um, about 23, 24 years old. I wanted to do some different things with the school district. I was one of the top performing teachers in my department. But the fact that I had dreadlocks, it blocked me from that. And I did not realize I actually went through um, like a health thing. I had got really sick and I had to cut my hair because it just wasn't growing. It was unhealthy mm-hmm. because, you know, I wasn't eating the right diet, all of that. And so because of that, I cut my hair. And as soon as I cut my dreadlocks off, oh, Mr. Wilson, did you want to go and do this? Oh, Mr. Wilson, we have this position available for you. Oh, we have this. We would love for you to. But I I had the same credentials. I was the same person. I was the same 
before I cut my hair. But now mm. that I've cut my hair, all of these opportunities are just flowing my way on the same job. And I was actually in a job and in a position where I thought that I was with, you know, great people. I had worked very hard to get there and I was just so excited. I was a younger teacher and I just thought that I was in this amazing opportunity and I did not realize until afterwards that I had been discriminated against the entire time. So that was an eye opener for me. Okay. Would you would you say that that discrimination was based on your skin color or just hair texture or hairstyle? I think it was I think it was based on my skin color, but I think the hair texture and the hair the hairstyle that I was wearing it made it even worse. Yeah, it made it worse. Okay. It made it worse. So once I had okay, so you're already a black man, but then you want to have all of this long hair. Then, so I'm already so I was adding to it. Yeah. So all of the education, all of the experience, all of the great things that I were doing that I was doing, the test scores that I had worked hard to achieve, it went out of the door because okay. I did not have the look. Okay. That they were looking for. Okay. So, yeah. So, would you say that, you know, perhaps, of course, there's no way for you to know for sure, you know, but perhaps if you had been Caucasian and had the same hairstyle, it would have been, um, I don't know. Um, I think if I, if I had been Caucasian, it wouldn't even been an issue. Okay. But I think that's just your think that, you know, you're thinking because, right. I mean, we can only assume. We we never know. But at the end of the day, systematic racism is a thing. But I do know, you know, just in certain professions, there is a certain look that they want, a certain, you know, and they can't tell you flat out, okay, cut your hair. Yeah, of course. If you cut your hair, you'll do that. You know, uh-huh. it's a certain look that they want, a certain box that they want you to fit in. And that's with any 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 profession, any setting, any any arena. Um, and so at that time, I was just, you know, a little bit ill-experienced and I didn't quite know how to play the game. I thought that my intelligence and my skills and everything that I brought to the table were enough, but mm-hmm. it wasn't. So it, it's obvious with your um, credentials so far that you were able to overcome some of these challenges and yeah. make a name for yourself, especially even in education and um, getting a master's degree, teaching, um, also now becoming a nurse. Um, what do you think some of those came from, some of those motivation and inspiration for you to turn your life around and basically say no to the expectations of a black man in America. Where do you think you got your motivation and inspiration from? I think it definitely comes from upbringing. Um, Upbringing, okay. Upbringing and just, you know, seeing other family members around you that have gone to college, that have obtained, you know, degrees and this and that. It was never a, a question of whether or not I would graduate high school. I knew growing up that I was going to graduate high school. Um... And I knew that I was going to go to college because my older sister went to college and my cousins went to college. And I just knew that that was the next step for me. So I think that environment is 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 so important. It is so important. So so basically who raised you, you know, matters. Yeah. Basically what you're saying. Okay. And not only that, even if, you know, some younger, you know, young men, younger black men or just younger, just people of color, period, they might not come from the right you know, home mm-hmm. where the home is not supportive, but okay. Do you have teachers? Do you have mentors? Mm-hmm. Are there after school programs? Is there some, to. yes, somebody that you look up to that can mm-hmm. push you and uh, see the potential in you and motivate you for better. Would you say that basically what you had is luxury? I don't see it as luxury because I still, I mean, that, compared to a lot of other, um, um, black Americans within the black American community community. Do you think that a lot of people don't necessarily have the luck? A lot of children, um, your peers basically may not have had the luxury of being born and raised in a home where people inspired them. They looked up to, you know, like parents telling you, hey, you know, you got to go to college, right? 
that kind of stuff. So when we think about psychology and when we think about the things that we need, I don't know if you're from Maslow's hierarchy of yeah, needs, of right? Needs, yeah. I feel like um, what I had was one of the basic needs. You need family to support you. Of you course. need love. You need to be loved. You need to reach for goals. And I can't mm. think of all of the other the other Maslow's needs. But those <laughs> are the basics needs. So I don't feel as though I had extra because when we think about something that's luxury, it's something that's extra. It's something that is luxurious. It's something that is, it's an abundance. So yeah. I don't think I had anything extra. I think I had just what I needed. Yeah. And other kids, unfortunately, that grew up with me in my community that weren't as successful, they lacked what they yeah, needed. Yeah, of course. Of so course. I don't think I had necessarily everything that I wanted, but I knew I know for a fact, looking back on my life, I had everything that I needed. Okay, so yeah. basically, that basically we're saying the same thing. Um, for a lot of people who are unfortunately born into families where they don't feel the sense of motivation or inspiration, you know, there's no one around them doing things, right. going the right direction, stuff like that. So that's definitely something that that is a that need. Upset. When I think about, because when you said luxury, when I think about luxury, I think about a want as opposed to a need. Okay. So with the kids that didn't necessarily have, they didn't have what they needed. Okay. They it wasn't a, it wasn't anything. Do you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um. All right, so we're all black. You know, I'm black, you're black. I, I come from Africa, you come from America, but but at the end of the day, we're all black, you know. And um, you have black people from Asia um, or dark darker-skinned people in Asia or even black people who have some type of Asian Asian uh, citizenship and nationality. Yeah. Um, you have black people from the Caribbean, from Europe and stuff like that. Um, and there's a lot of us here in America. It doesn't matter where you come from, but at the end of the day, we're all black. Yeah. Would you say that some of those blacks, non-American blacks, have have it easier? There's a, there's a little bit of a privilege that they they're able to tap onto or tap into that you may not necessarily be aware of because you're a black American as opposed to being black something else. I don't think there is a privilege. I believe that um, one thing that I have noticed about other. Um, blacks other people that are not necessarily born in the united states and that you know they immigrate from other countries other uh from africa or from you know wherever um they're definitely hardworking. uh and it's just it's no excuses it's a no nonsense it's a no it's and it's it's i'm, I'm kind of similar to that because again one thing about me i you know i'm not gonna let you know i'm, I'm a hard worker just naturally everything that i do I, I put i put a lot into it and so um i get that vibe from from other from other black. it's weird saying like from africans or from you know because we're all black so it's kind of it's kind of hard for me to find the verbiage but um yeah, other other blacks. I mean, because I work with other nurses and other, you know, and they they're hard work and they will work. They will, you know, but you, but I feel like okay, and so am I. So I'm. I don't think there's necessarily a privilege because at the end of the day, it's gonna be it's the white man. And unfortunately, it's the Caucasian, and I and excuse my language, my my crassness. But there is, you know the Caucasian guy, and then there's the minority. Exactly. So Africans, whether you are black, born in America, or you're African-American that immigrated to America, to we're them. all black to them. Okay. So that's that. So, and, okay. and that is just that. Okay, perhaps <clears throat> perhaps not a not a privilege on a systematic level, but more, let's say, upbringing, psychological, um, cultural type of you know upbringing. For example, um, as a Nigerian, growing up in Nigeria and also moving to America, I never heard of the glass ceiling. It was never a thing. You know, the way my family raised us, my sisters and I and my brother, is um, what they can do, you can do it as well. You know, they are your competition, you know. 
not that they are better than you nor are you better than them that but whatever it is that they can do you two can do it because there's no difference so we never grew up with that idea of a glass ceiling that inferiority exactly so there's no there's no um there's no disparity at all i mean physically we look different but at the end of the day there's no um I have to act a certain way around you or something like this. No because it's a mental thing. Exactly. And so, 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 so that's what I'm saying. Do you think that that could be some type of psychological advantage, per, per, perhaps? I guess. That, that, you know, perhaps Africans have over someone else. I mean, because, yeah, because, I mean, we were talking about the secret and we we're talking about different books and the power of the mind. So when, when your mind is trained a certain way for positive, you're going to get positive results. And when you're on the vibration of positive, you know, vibes. But see, I, I was trained the opposite. Mm -hmm. So with you, yes, I was trained. Yes, there is no difference. I mean, we treat everybody with love because God is love. But at the end of the day, they are going to discriminate against you. So these are the things you have to do in order to be equal mm -hmm. to or better than. That's how I was raised. Okay. As opposed to you being raised, oh, it's an equal playing field. They're no better than you. That this, that, 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 that. It was, it was, it was a different approach. I believe we both get the same results, okay. But with a different approach, I believe that the Black American experience is more of a negative approach. It's a, it's a protection. It is a uh, going expecting the worst, so therefore you can achieve the best. Okay. As opposed to what I'm hearing from you, and correct me if I'm wrong. You are just as smart. You're intelligent. Go in there and give your best foot forward for you. Of and course. not for you know i believe that that that's the difference one is from a positive aspect and one is from a more negative aspect i i, I always say that you know i i am a supporter of individuality basically saying that everyone should utilize and maximize their full potential at all times it doesn't matter who you are yeah. you know but um also going back to the whole black american thing you know when you're living in a society or a system that is racist against you you know basically marginalizing you and telling you directly and indirectly that you are not the standard. Obviously, that could that could mess up your your you know your, your yeah. confidence and stuff like that. As opposed to let's say a person from Africa who is not used to that kind of you know. And not mentality. not to cut you off, but you know it's like evolution, right? Uh -huh. So um, as animals and as man evolved, we adapted to the weather. Our skin, our different things adapted to the weather, and the mm -hmm. way that we evolved is is against the the. Um, it's we evolve according to the adversity that we face mm -hmm. and we use those things as, de as defense and as protection mechanisms. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing. If we're, if we're constantly facing um, uh, discrimination, what can we do to combat this and to be successful in a system that was not set up for your success? Okay. That that's, that's the place where it's coming from. I think me, you and I, we, we do agree that at the end of the day, we're all black and you know, America sees black, you know, but, um, I'm a little curious because I've talked to some of my other black American friends about this. You know, there are still at the end of the day, even though we're even though we're all black collectively, there are still some dissimilarities. You know what I mean? Like certain things that are quite typical of Africans, for example, in general, you know, I'm not I'm not I don't want to, you know, generalize and talk about stereotypes as well. You know, like in general, there are certain things that black Americans are associated with that Africans may not necessarily be associated with and vice versa. So some of these stereotypes, um, do you think that they can be some type of systematic advantage or disadvantage against black Americans or against Africans in America? And I was actually just about to get into that because it's certain, it's certain things that you cannot get into without talking about some of the negative stereotypes and 
uh, some of the stereotypes. Let me give you an example. So some uh, Native Africans, they're rude, they're disrespectful. They um, Native Africans. That's, yeah. that's the um, so Africans that have you know from the born on the continent of Africa, but they have you know moved here and immigrated to uh-huh. America. Oh, they're rude. Oh, they think that they're better than Black uh, Americans. Oh, that they're good. And those things are not valid because I mean I met you and you're you're a great person. You know you're not like that. You do not fit that stereotype. However, I do work with a woman that that fits that stereotype. So, and again, we're, we're, you know, we're all in the nursing field. We're all in the medical field. We're all here for the betterment of our patients, but she is just, it's, and I don't want to prejudge her because I don't know her very well, but she gives off this air Mm. like, oh, because I'm educated because I have this, this, that, and the third, then I am above you. Okay. So she sounds, she seems condescending. She seems condescending. She seems as though she is just on this, this higher level. Like she, she may be, but, and again, I'm making assumptions, you know, I I don't know the woman. I only know her. I don't know her, you know, holistically. I only know her in the work field. Uh And from what I have experienced and from what other people have experienced, there's just this air about her. But meanwhile, I have met other Africans who are very humble and they're very sweet and they're very kind and all of that. So I think it just depends on, you know, people like say, Oh, um, Egyptians are like this and, and Nigerians are like that and, and people from Tanzania are like that. You know, people yeah. like to say different things, you know, so it's you know, Jamaicans work ten jobs and you know what well, I mean, you know, so it's just every black person that is not from America, it's it's something negative to be said about them. Okay. You know, African booty scratcher and all of those different stereotypes yeah. and stuff like that. And honestly, I remember growing up and being a child, you know, and those Africans, they were picked on, they were teased, they were, oh, their accent is mm, so thick mm, and this, this, yeah. that, the third. But now we're in 2020 and the African experience is one to be praised because now it's the melanin is the trend now and uh, embrace your, you know, this, that, the third and, you know, all of that stuff. That That is the trend now. And so, yeah, it's it's everybody, black is beautiful. But, but 20 years ago, Oh, black wasn't beautiful. You were a beauty scratcher. You were this. You were that. You were the third. So, um, okay. So, so with some of the negative stereotypes you talked about um, for Africans in America is that being aggressive, pretentious, uh, not pretentious, um, condescending. You know, that, that, that those are some of the negative stereotypes you know associated with being um, African for, for uh, in just generalizing. You know, of course, just like you said, this is not always true. You know, right. Um, would you say that these these stereotypes are stereotypes coming from Black Americans towards Africans, or just general American stereotypes? And try to you know just from your own experience. So these are stereotypes. I believe these are stereotypes that are coming from. First of all, they stem all the way from the colonizer. Let's start from the root. Okay. Right? Okay. And so through you know being enslaved, you know physically enslaved, and there was a mental enslavement, and then there was you know different things like that. And so with those. The standards of beauty, first of all, even with the with, with, you know, these white standards, these European standards of beauty that are being passed down and having, you know, some of the mulatto slaves that were, you know, more lighter skin. They get to work in the house while some of the darker skin, they're Mm -hmm. over here in the fields and and just all of these these damaging thoughts that have been passed down from generation to generation to generation. And it's to the point to where now we're discriminating against our own. So now the white man is I mean, they're they're out of care. They're out of it. It's a whole nother generation. It's a whole nother, you know, they had their slaves. They did it. Okay. All that stuff is outlawed. Now they just want, now I think it's more of a thing of rich versus poor. Mm. 
I think that's where it is. Not necessarily a color thing, but anyway, that's a whole other conversation for another day. Yeah. But um, so basically, what you're saying from we have uh, ingrained and we have taken on these white stereotypes and these Caucasian values of of beauty, religion, all of these different things that we have internalized them, whether we know or we unknowing or unknowingly. Yeah. We've internalized them and we've used them against our own people. Okay. So basically, what you're saying is, from a white American perspective, at the end of the day, they're all black. But then within the black people, irrespective of where, what what kind of black you're from, you, what you are, if you're black from Africa or black from America, black from Caribbean, we discriminate we discriminate against our own kinds um, because of some of some of the hates that has been engraved in us. Is that, is that what you're saying? What what are some of the um, stereotypes if you feel like Africans associate black Americans with, and what what do you think? How do you think that has affected or reinforced this disparity between these two group of people, Africans versus black Americans? Lord, like I said, I know some of the Africans that I've encountered, they, they feel that they're, you know, uppity and they are, you know, above black Americans. So yeah, therefore yeah, they look down a... on us and they say, okay. oh, they're lazy. Okay. They're lazy. Oh, they, uh, that's the biggest thing that I hear. Oh, they're spoiled. Okay. They're lazy. They don't, they're not hardworking. They're, uh, they're not humble. Mm. They're, they feel as though they're entitled to this, okay. this, that, the third. So that, that, that's what I get a lot from. And I, I, I feel Africans. that too. Um, I don't want to sit here and pretend that I haven't come across that, you know, I feel that too. But I also feel like every time when I usually hear that kind of stuff, you know, I try to use that opportunity to kind of educate because right. I feel like I, I have an advantage because of the age I moved to America. And that's the thing about stereotypes. They're rooted in ignorance. Exactly. And that's the thing. And ignorance is not necessarily lack of education. It could be lack of just information. Just it's just like you just don't know. You, yeah. you, you know, it's not it's not lack of excuse me. It's not lack of intelligence. It's lack of information. Yeah. So it's just, you know. And also closed mindedness. Right. You have to take each person. And that that's why that's what stereotypes get messed up because mm-hmm. you're generalizing an entire group of people when that's not the case yeah i am not lazy by any means everything that i have I've worked hard for but there are some africans who are lazy and there are some black americans who are lazy yeah, as well as there are some black americans who are hard-working and educated as well as there are some africans yeah. that are, so you have to take people on a case-by-case basis yeah. of individual by individual basis as opposed yeah. to lumping and generalizing. and that's where you get messed up with yeah laziness you know it's yeah. not it's not synonymous to any race, creed, color, any of that. It's it's about your self-discipline, your upbringing, all of that. So that's why I kind of didn't really want to get into stereotypes because yeah. at the end of the day, they're invalid. Yeah, right? of course, of course. But, so. but we're talking about disparities between um, black, yeah. black America and yeah, Africans. Um, yeah, but like I was saying before, uh, I feel like some of the advantages that I have is because of the age I moved to America, you know, so I kind of have best of both worlds. Right. Having lived in Africa, I understand the general African mentality, or at least in Nigeria, for, for example. Um, there are some of the things that I've learned and I appreciate having learned, you know, because I was exposed to it living in Nigeria and then moving to America. There are certain things that I've, I, you know, I was exposed to that have that some of these things have, you know, contributed to the man I've become. So I have best of both worlds. And because of this exposure, I feel like I'm more able to freely communicate and interact with black Americans more than a typical Nigerian, they say they moved to America yeah. at an older age. Yeah. Um, and also, I'm also able to communicate with or understand a Nigerian, you know, from Nigeria as opposed to an African American or a black American who may not necessarily understand where they're coming from. So because at the end of it, it's a cultural thing. I do I do understand and also agree that a lot of it is also passed down to us by the colonizer mentality, you know, like... You know, because at the end of the day, the white Americans, they they see us as black at the end of the day. 
Um, would you say that some of these stereotypes, though, like there's some of, you know, they can all be negative. You know, I'm pretty sure black America has their own positive stereotype as well, just like Africans have their own positive stereotype. Would you say that Africans, for example, they have capitalized on some of these positive or even maybe negative stereotypes that have kind of given them some type of advantage, systematic advantage over black Americans per se, like in a, in a, in a corporate America? And the reason why I say this, take a scenario where um, a black American and an African apply for the same job. Do you think that the black American is more likely to get the job because he is or she is American? Or do you think that the foreign black from Africa is more likely to get the job because of some type of unspoken advantage? What, what, what do you think? I think, so let me, because you asked two questions. So um, the first question is, um, have wait say it again so you said like um do you feel like um so so black the, Americans and African Americans have capital capitalized and made an advantage off of their stereotypes yeah so number so, one so, so basically what I'm saying is we have these um stereotypes you know mm-hmm. and we we talked about not being look because we're generalizing stereotypes right but um they can't all be negative either I feel like at the end of the day it, it, with the negative is also a positive. Africans have their own positive stereotypes as well, and black Americans have their own positive stereotypes as well. Um, would you say that Africans, for example, have capitalized on some of those positive stereotypes that have kind of rebranded them in a systematic, yes. systematically racist society that is tilted yes. against the black man? Yes. And the re- I feel like both African Americans... Well, Native Africans and Black Americans both have done that Um, because, you know, with with, you know, Native Africans with African Americans that have immigrated, um, people feel, oh, well, they're hardworking. They're this, that, that. And because they're hardworking, they have the accolades, they have the degrees, they have different things. They they stereotypically pursue jobs that are in the medical field and they excel in that realm where the actual black man, you know, some of the stereotypes, the Piccanini, the Sambo, those different things. But we have been able to excel in athletics and entertainment. And we have been able to take some of those stereotypes and turn those negative things into positives. Mm, okay. So, you know, when you even look at some of the um, the uh, the the comedians and Martin Lawrence uh, playing Big Mama and then uh, Jamie Foxx, you know, doing all those different things. So some of those black negative stereotypes, these black men have taken these things and turned them into a positive and made a lucrative career for themselves in okay. entertainment. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so it, it can be it can be done on both sides. So, again, it's it's. The discrimination is there, the things are there, but what are you going to do with it? Yeah, of course. To make yourself successful. That is the key. Can you take that negative energy and harness it into something positive? Yeah. And you can do that with any situation. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that a person's hard work is what's going to speak for mm-hmm. them. No, and, it, and it's going to outweigh any negative. As long as you're doing what you have to do with, with a pure heart and with a pure attitude and you're seeking positivity and you're doing what you need to do, you, you're good, you know? You you're gonna you're gonna succeed with that just that level of hard work and determination. Okay, so what what are some of the suggestions that you would give for Black America to change some of the negative stereotypes, um, and also Africans to change some of the negative stereotypes that could be affecting us? You know, because at the end of the day, it's, it's all about us as Black people how we can go against the grain and survive the systematic racism. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, Black Americans have their negative stereotypes. Africans have their negative stereotypes. So what are some of the um, suggestions that you would give to both group of people? You know, like we can something that we can do collectively as black people on our own way 
in our own ways to counteract this. I don't really know what to say for Native Africans, so I'm, I want you to answer that one. But as far as Black Americans, what I, I think if you change your life and if you change your mind, you can change. You can change anything. Just the, your mindset, mm. your mindset, and if you. You, you got to change your mind. Got to change the way that you think about yourself, and it's that mental enslavement that has that has that has had us bound. Okay. After the after the physical enslavement has left, it's that mental enslavement that has still some of the same. Unfortunately, those same things that have kept us okay. bound. And so you got to keep moving forward. Okay. Would you say there's a lot that has happened or is happening and continues to happen to change that? In, in black American communities, you know, to change the narrative, to be more positive, you know, are, are there work, some works being currently, you know? Um, yeah, of course. I mean, there's work being done all around us. There are nonprofit organizations. There are so many different things out here. You have fraternities and sororities, different things that different programs and different um, avenues that have been created for black Americans to be able to excel. Um so, I mean, there's that, you know, throughout time. And, you know, some of the specific organizations is, is just escaping me at the moment. But, I mean, you know, there are so many things out there. But it's just as black Americans, I think we need to tap into some of these resources, seek out mentorship and just train these kids up in a way that's going to set them up for a positive future. And they can reach their potential and be the best person that they can be. OK, so one thing that I would say that a lot of my black American folks have mentioned and also I see as, you know, as an African is that there's this obvious disparity between um, black Americans and Africans. You know, uh, you did mention about the whole stereotype about Africans thinking that they're better than black Americans. And, you know, and also black um, Africans complain about um, discrimination from black Americans. You know, like when you move to America newly, there's this African booty scratcher, you know, making fun of you, asking all these ignorant questions, you know, thinking that you're uneducated, you're ugly, you walk around butt naked and stuff like that. So what are some of the suggestions that you would give in order to overcome this? Because at the end of the day, we're all black, you know, and we need to stick together in order to survive this mess. Right. You know what I mean? So what, what are some of the advices that you offer to both groups in order to overcome this? It starts in the home. It starts in the home. As the adults learn more and we, you know, adapt a different mindset, we can train our children up. And then they can train their children up. Because, again, it took generations to, to, to that's gotten us into this mess and this mental enslavement and this, this all of this disparity. System. It's generations of things that need to be broken and negative negativity that needs to be broken. And it starts with us. We educate ourselves. Therefore, we can educate the next generation and so forth. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, I also want to add um, open-mindedness as well. You know, a lot of people are not open-minded. Even some of the people that claim to be open-minded yeah. um, are not as open-minded as they think, you know. Yeah. And that's something that I've had to learn from traveling. You know, when you start seeing people that look different from you, have different um, realities from you, it's quite humbling, you know. It forces you to grow as a person. So I, I yeah. always try to challenge both groups, you know, to be more open-minded. Because really, at the end of the day, we, we look the same, seriously. At the you're, end of the day. Your people are my people, and my people are your people. And it's it's foolish and laughable at the end of the day, you know, having us fight against each other. And while I think at the, the end of the day, too, we're still the ones suffering. And I think the paradox here is now these days, you know, we have uh, Native Africans that are immigrating over here. They want to be black so bad, and they want to sag their pants, and they want to do the things that fit into our culture when at the end of the day, 
it takes us to maybe get a little older and to look into social media and to kind of go and get educated, maybe grab a college education to realize that we're missing our heritage. Mm. So it's like after a certain age, black Americans are actually searching for their heritage and wanting to be more authentically black while, uh, you know, Native Africans are trying to erase the heritage to fit into the American society. Well, I would have said erase. Not erase it, but on the outside, present it or cover it up. Yeah. So that they can fit in. Yeah. And I've noticed that. It's just like, you know... I would have said erase, per se, but there's this... um pressure of assimilation you know yes at the end of the yes, day exactly uh, as a black exactly. american you have privilege that a lot of Af- africans don't have you know for example you're born a u.s citizen you know a lot of africans from you know from africa have to go through a lot of things in order for them to come to america sell things sell their life basically sell their livelihoods to come here a lot of black americans who are born and raised here don't know anything about that you know what i mean so there's um and then after you come here you're still further marginalized you know you, you don't some some Africans don't speak English. They come here. They have to learn English, something that black Americans a disadvantage that black Americans don't know. Or also that there's this um, discrimination based on accent, mm-hmm. you know, also, mm-hmm. you know, when you're African, and you're talking and people can't understand you. You know, it's it's an, it's intimidating sometimes. And then sometimes you have Africans who have lived a life in Africa and then they come here. They have to start all over again. So yes. there's a so not only are are they not facing um not are they not only are they facing um marginalization for being black but also being African you know because that's different you know what I mean so I think it's, it's I think it's a more of a pressure to assimilate you know it, it's not necessarily trying to um, erase per se you know but one thing I will add is um at the end of the day it's cultural. At the end of the day, yeah. yes, two different culture. Um, unfortunately, Black Americans, their ancestors were ripped apart from their uh, families back in Africa. But what happened happened. It's an unfortunate evil. Right. But but what happened what happened. We have to find a way to heal and move on from there. Correct. You know what I mean. And it, it starts by um, being open minded and understanding culture. You know what I mean. Um, like I, I as an African, I get the whole. You're so aggressive. You're so bossy. I I get it. You think you're better than us type of thing. You know, but to me, I I don't think that at all. I know that there are some Africans that probably do embody those things, you know. But for me, I feel like because I'm African, by default, I'm judged by those things, you know, because this 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 type of uh because my energy, I don't see a glass ceiling. You know what I mean? I was born not knowing. I was born and raised not knowing what that is. You know, so to me, I was raised thinking I can maximize my food potential because why not? What's preventing me from that? You know, so and some people find that intimidating. You know, so but I I can understand where um, certain people can you know that could rub people certain a certain way or maybe the way I talk. I'm very direct. You know, because I don't like to, I don't like ambiguity. I don't like uncertainty. I like to know, you know, I like, I like to know what's happening as opposed to inconclusive conversations and stuff like that. And that can come off as um, aggressive, aggressive, you because know I've, I mean? I've experienced but the, but that. But then that's a... also cultural, you know, I know in America, there's more, you know, communication is different. There's political correctness and all that stuff that a lot of Africans didn't grow up, you know? So, so what I'm basically saying is instead of, hating on each other and, you know, um, patronizing these negative stereotypes that come from both groups, we can actually be, challenge ourselves to be more open-minded to understand each other. Yes. You know what I mean? And move on from that. Because at the end of the day, we're all black. 
You know what I mean? At the end of the day, and and the black man, well, specifically the black woman, is the most disrespected um, person in America. But the black people are the most disrespected people, and we are not going to overcome that if we keep petty fighting each other. Right. You know that kind of stuff. Right. So, so basically, right. that that's what this um this whole episode is about. Basically, understanding what the disparity is, some of the disparity, shedding light on some of the disparities between black Americans versus Africans. You know. Um, some, sometimes it's unspoken, you know, stereotypes, negative stereotypes, uh, you're better than me. I'm better than you type of, you know, to me, it's ridiculous. It's laughable, you know, but I do appreciate you being here, shedding light on some of these things. And, you know, we're talking no about problem. Thank you day, for having me at the end of the day. We're on one. Yeah. You know, we, we have yeah. one, one, we all, we have, you gotta one, stick together. Yeah, exactly. We have one goal, which is survival. Right you now, so black erasure is a thing. Um, I do believe that it is a thing. There's an agenda, and um, us fighting each other, we're not. We're only aiding this, you know, this narrative, you know, what well, this agenda, and we have to stick together at the end of the day. Um, thank you very much, Trey. I do appreciate it, um, uh, and I hope to have you again to talk some more about some of these issues. You, you really are quite insightful. Always, man. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, so. This is the end of this episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for this episode of Let's Talk About Us with Uche. Um, please follow me on Instagram at Let's Talk with Uche. And if you feel the need to um, contribute or share your insight or your story, please send me an email at Let's Talk with Uche at gmail.com. And also visit my website at Let's Talk About Us.org. Thank you very much. Bye bye.